Welcome to Drunken Time Travel Drunken History Edition. Fucking History. <laughs> Sorry, it's the Scottish part. <laughs> I'm sorry. And what delights do we have in store for today's history lessons? Well, today's history lesson, Gav, as well you know, is about the Jacobite Rebellion. I do not know anything about the Jacobite Rebellion. Which was, uh, well, you've seen a bit of it. The 1746 yeah. aftermath of Culloden. Yeah, I've seen that on, yeah. on the Doctor Who. So let's go all the way back to 1687. And when was the Doctor Who set? 1746. 1746. That's a long time ago. Yep, but I'll let you know how it all fits in. And maybe we'll have some laughs along the way. <laughs> uh, 1687. James II. Yes. He was the son, I believe, of James I, who was James I of England, but James the sixth or seventh of Scotland. But anyway, that's irrelevant. James II uh, issued the Declaration of Indulgence, which was which preached a more tolerant policy, which alienated that, the Protestants. That wasn't about drinking at all, was it? No. It might have been. It alienated Protestants. So yay, it's religion again. You might remember that from such shows as The Massacre at Bartholomew's Eve. And yay, it's religion. <laughs> yay, it's the religion show. <laughs> I want to do that. <laughs> uh, so there was a purge in, the par- in Parliament for all those who opposed him, and he asked three standard questions, and those who gave the wrong reply were dismissed. All thrown off the bitch. Yep. And those questions were, what is your name? What is your favourite colour? Uh, no, wait, sorry. They were, would they consent to the repeal of the Test Act and the penal laws? Uh, would they assist candidates who do so? And would they accept the Declaration of Indulgence? Test Act basically said that mm. you had to disavow the doctrine of transubstantiation. And because if you didn't do that, then people knew you were a Catholic. Do you know what transubstantiation is? Ten metals into them? Or stuff into them? Yes, transubstantiation is the whole bread into Jesus' body and blood into his wine or something like that. Ah, yes. Anywho, a year later, the Queen, who was married to James II, gave birth to a Roman Catholic son and heir, James Francis Edward, or as you come to be known, the Old Pretender. Before they... Off of the music group? Yes. It was the old one. Yes, Chrissy Hind, yep. <laughs> before the, before there were two Protestant daughters, and so they were you know they would be temporary because they would all probably get married to someone else, and so the people didn't fear that there would be a Catholic monarch, but uh, because they had a Roman Catholic son and heir now, so people said the child was superstitious and played the omen theme a lot. So negotiations with William of Orange from Holland, and he was invited to invade because he was he was. <laughs> He was married to uh, James II's daughter or something like that. Most people just invite people to parties. I know. What do you, kind of invitations do you think? <laughs> I wonder if they still sell them in shops. No, they don't. <laughs> They're on Facebook nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> An invitation party. Yeah. That's what happened during <laughs> Afghanistan. Afghanistan sent a... Uh, Facebook invitation to America to invade. We're a bit bored of it. Can you come and invade us for a bit? <laughs> we fancy a laugh. 
the French offered to intervene on James II's behalf. What? 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 French offered <laughs> to intervene on James II's behalf, but he refused because, you know, French. Yeah, but surely the French just did it as a joke. What? Because really. <laughs> French are, the French are going to come out quite a bit in this. As they often do. So, uh, William of Orange's army invade, uh, army arrived, and James II tried to free, flee to France, but was captured and was then let escape. Just like Doctor Who. Only with less caves. And because James fleed, they said, said he abdicated, so his daughter Mary was declared queen and ruled jointly with William of Orange. And then a bill was passed that no Roman Catholic was permitted to ascend the English throne, nor could any English monarch marry a Roman Catholic. And that was only repealed recently, although a monarch still can't be Catholic. But yeah. it's just Roman Catholic. So you can have Protestants, Jews, Muslims, Scientologists, people from Church of Catholicology, anything at all on the throne. You can have a Satanist on the throne, but Roman Catholics aren't allowed. Could you have a mad bear? You could have a mad bear. That there's nothing in any bees. <laughs> there's nothing in any laws to say you cannot have a mad bear on the throne. Can you cover a throne in bubble wrap? Turn them all into bees. Ah, you're making a callback to last week's show. <laughs> so it was around this point Jacobite rebellion started. This was about 1688 or so, and they're aimed at returning James the seventh or the second to the throne in place of. William of Orange. Couldn't really decide. <laughs> I should mention that it's not Scotland versus England, it's Jacobites versus the government. And it's quite possible more Scots fought for it's quite possible more Scots fought against than for the Jacobites. Although it is hard to tell with the amount of fried Mars bars that the Scots eat. How many does they eat? Five million each. And six stoner kebabs. After William died, Mary's sister Anne became queen. And then in 1701, under the Act of Settlement, George I's mother, Sophia, was nominated heiress to the English throne if the reigning monarch, William III, and his heir, Anne, died without issue. This was to make sure that it was a Protestant succession, as she was, she was the closest Protestant, although there were 50 Catholic relatives whose claims were stronger. 50? So the moral of this story is, they don't like them Catholics. <laughs> right, do the, next, do the first 40. No, there's no, there's no no Protestants at all. Forty-five. No, still. God damn it, go to fifty. <laughs> I found one. <laughs> Who is it? It's this goat. <laughs> this goat will become king. Well, it's better than the Catholics. So then Sophia and Anne died in quick succession, and George I became king of England in August 1714. He was, didn't speak any English. He was born and raised in Germany. And he was the first of the Hanoverians. The Risings, funnily enough, <laughs> intensified. <laughs> Who could have seen that? 1715, and the this is one of the bigger Jacobite rebellions. It was known as the 15. It was their names, you see. Mm. This is when the old pretender, James II's son, came to Scotland. Jacobus... It's the Latin form of James. You wait ages for a Jacobus, and then three come along at once. Because James II's son would have been James III. Ah, jokes. Jokes. I really set that up. <laughs> I had to move things out. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
he came to Scotland, joined an army, but he was uncomfortable among other people, so he went back again. <laughs> they did win a battle at... He sounds the greatest. He, he, they won a battle at Killycranky, I think, but then it all went wrong. So then George I's son, George II, became king in 1727, which then led to the Second Jacobite Rebellion, or... Or the rebellion that will never end. Or the 45. This is the young pretender, Bonnie Prince Charlie, whose full name was Prince Charles Edward Louis John Casimir Sylvester Severino Maria Stuart. And he was born and raised in Europe. And no, I will not make a young Prince of Bel-Air joke. In Europe, I was born and raised. <laughs> Bonnie Prince Charlie landed in the Outer Hebrides, and he was attacked en route from France, so only him and seven men landed. And they were expecting a lot more than that. He was told to go home, and he said, I am home. But no one had the heart to tell him he wasn't home when it was in Scotland. And it was a cave. <laughs> it was a bubble wrap cave. So he landed in Scotland. The French were due to make an invasion in the south of England as well, at some point. He then went to meet clansmen at Glenfinnan, and marched south and gained 3,000 men. Achievement unlocked. So he started it off. He started it all. With his Macex box. What I need is... What I need is... What it is is... I need another 50 <laughs> men. I only have 2,950. <laughs> 500, 950. <laughs> yeah. Look, I don't know how many men I need, but I need <laughs> another 50. <laughs> what for? Sticker? <laughs> <laughs> Just give me 50 men. I'll think of some excuse later. They, they marched on Edinburgh, which you may have heard of, or been to, in fact. Yeah, and drinking. And there was panic there, Gav, if you can imagine such a thing. Were the, were the pubs closing? <laughs> they wouldn't let anyone, they wouldn't let people in who are a party of more than five into pubs, you see. They didn't like stag parties, you see. Yes, uh, we had that trouble, yes. Mm. So they took the city without a fight. 60,000 gathered to celebrate. Mind you, they were probably just glad the pubs were opening it. Copes, uh, Cope, who was commanding the government army in Scotland, met them nine miles away in a place called Preston Pans. Why did he meet them nine miles away? Well, they weren't going to... Well, because the... Because the... <laughs> <laughs> because the Jacobites didn't want to meet him, meet the government army in Edinburgh. They didn't want to meet them you know, within the streets because it would be too difficult to fight. So they met them in a, in a flat sort of plane at Preston Pans. Um, the Jacobite army was had a lack of trained officers, poorly armed. Some only had swords, axes or scythes. Or is that all? Whereas the government were well stocked without weapons, disciplined, pistols, swords, short rifles, cannons, that kind of thing. Atomic ones, obviously. Obviously. You're not going to go into a modern army without atomic. So obviously the government lost. Pretty much because Jacobites snuck up in them, and with some luck. I'm uh, shortening this down massively. It took 15 minutes, so not that massively. <laughs> they now had 7,000 men, another achievement unlocked, and after a vote, Charles got to everyone to agree to go to England. This was by one vote. Another achievement unlocked. Yep. You have one <laughs> vote by one vote, <laughs> achievement unlocked. Around this time, God Save the King. The anthem was first heard. It was said to be at the Drury Lane to theatre to raise morale after the defeat at Preston Pans. That's my theatre. Uh, and the, some of the lines that were in it 
at the start because of this whole thing was me. He's addition hush like a torrent rush. Rebellious Scots to crush. Your toilet please do flush. No, the last one I made up. We lay on bees and crush. <laughs> Interesting segue. We know someone who actually asked the question whenever Prince Charles becomes king. Does the national anthem? <laughs> oh, yes. Does the national anthem? Do we still sing "God Save the Queen"? <laughs> and they were in all seriousness serious about it. Um, she has asked some fantastic questions in the town. Do you know any others? I can't offer. So they marched off down to England for an adventure. They took Manchester. It is said by one sergeant, his girlfriend, and a drummer boy. Sounds like a good night out to me. Mm-hmm. Or the start of a group. Of a what? A group. Not the group. No, that would be too weird. That's all I could, well, yeah, get bagpipes, a recorder, you could have a doctor band. By December 1745, they were in Derby and had gone 300 miles in four weeks. And they discussed whether to go on to London, which was only 120 miles away. Jack, it's not 10,000 miles away, was it? No. Who'd walk that far? I'd walk that far. Da, 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 da. Were we doing proclaimers? Okay. Yes. Good. Jacobites were still waiting for the French. At least someone was. One of the Jacobites at the meeting to decide whether we'd go on next was Dudley Bradstreet, and he said he had info that 9,000 government men were between them and London. So Charles lost the vote, and they had to retreat to Scotland. Of course, the French invasion was just on the brink of crossing the Channel, or La Manche, as they called it. And Dudley was a government spy. I, uh, I'm, I'm sure the French were on the brink. So what I'm saying is they showed poorly. <laughs> um, some of the uh, clansmen went home. They also gained some Irish troops at Falkirk. Probably a stag weekend. The Duke of Cumberland, King George's son, took command of the government army. And the two armies met at Culloden Moor near Inverness after the Jacobites decided to stand and fight. I've been to Clonmel. I do now. There you are. Nothing more to say. It is literally a field. Fields are okay. Uh, I gather there's a visitor centre there now. I prefer a field. Well, next. What? You can have a picnic on it and stuff? Yeah. One of Jacobite's lords, uh, George Murray, wanted a surprise attack on the government. Surprise! And they tried a similar thing to what they did in Preston Fans, which was walk around and then behind the enemy. But it was but it was about ten miles and it was in the dark and through trees, so they were knackered, didn't know where really where they were and stuff. And they had no sat nav obviously. Or a go go pillow. So they were a bit knackered and they had to retreat back to where they were. So obviously whenever the battle actually started, they weren't in the best of condition. And they did their Highland charge on the government's army. What but, is the Highland charge? Well, the Highlanders charge at the army. On That's what it is. Literally what that it is. That is, it's literally what it says on the tin. <laughs> but the government didn't run like they did in Preston Pounds. And McDonald's, they hadn't charged because they weren't on the right of the army like they wanted. So they were giving free burgers away. Uh, uh, <laughs> grape shot was used in the government cannons which is basically small metal pieces instead of a cannonball. Instead of grapes. So it sort of rips you to pieces. Who says fruit's good for you? People. Talk to me about people. 
So the government won that. They showed no mercy, and any injured found on the field were clubbed to death or shot. Like baby seals. Like baby seals. That This is where the Doctor Who story basically starts. So that's the end of that. Or so they thought. <laughs> Cumberland been, became known as Butcher Cumberland. Must have been annoying if people thought he was the actual butcher and asked him for a pound of sausages. Um, they actually went into the Highlands. People were dragged out of the houses and killed if they were suspected of being Jacobites. Mm-hmm. Villages were burned and Highland dress was bound. It was more about destroying their way of life, you see. Charles was yeah. hidden around the Highlands by various people. Flora MacDonald helped him escape to the island of Skye. Mm-hmm. And he was dressed as her Irish maid, Betty Burke. Not Betty Boo, unfortunately. His Irish maid. As her Irish maid. Oh, Flora's Irish yeah. maid. She was in prison briefly, and a Duke of Cumberland talked to her and said she would have done the same for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was also involved in the American War of Independence. Who wasn't? So she gets around, basically. How are we involved in that? Were you? What do you do now? What do I do now? What did you do in that? And what do you do now as well? That's a secondary question. Well, I, I sent invitations out for the American Independence War, and now I send out invitations for fires. <laughs> Dear fire, how are you? I am fine. Eventually, Charles escaped back to the continent, and he died in Rome a drunk, and his grave is in St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican. So a happy death. So happy, happy days for all. I like a story with a nice ending. Soupy twist. Soupy twist.